Miss Fogarty, my 10th grade English teacher, was really impressed with my recitation of Macbeth's soliloquy, Is This the Dagger Which I See Before Me? My grade actually took a jump in 10th grade English. Well, I thought I would try to impress you this morning uh, with the reading of Hamlet's To Be or Not To Be. And I thought I should rehearse it a bit by going to YouTube and listening to a few. Well, I stumbled on to Mel Gibson's presentation on YouTube, and I was kind of put in my place. So the question this morning is, me or Mel? And the decision was easy to make. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Or to take arms against a sea of troubles. And by opposing, end them. To die. us rather bear those ills we have 
than to fly to others. Let me know not all. Thus, conscience does make cowards of us all. And thus, the native hue of resolution is sicklied o'er with the pale cast of thought. And enterprises of great pitch and moment. With this regard, their currents turn awry. And lose the name of action. I guess he did a pretty good job. <laughs> I'm sure Miss Fogarty would have given him an A. What was that all about? What was that all about? To be or not to be? We've all heard the phrase. We have some familiarity with, with Hamlet and Shakespeare. But I hope you're able to, to see what was taking place there because Hamlet was trying to choose between life and death. Life for Hamlet was outrageous fortune. A sea of troubles filled with heartache and a thousand natural shocks. He was weary of bearing the whips and scorns of time, of being oppressed and insulted. Love brought pain Law injustice. He was grunting and sweating under the burdens, the fartles of life. He wanted to end it all. If he could just go to sleep and have sweet dreams. But what if death was a nightmare? He wanted to kill himself with a bare bodkin an unsheathed dagger. But death was an undiscovered country from which no traveler he knew returned. So he was afraid. Afraid of the unknown. And the fear of death kept him alive. Hamlet didn't want to live, but he was afraid to die. To be or not to be? That was the question. And he didn't like either answer. The Apostle Paul pondered the same question. But from an entirely different perspective. For to me... To live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. But I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better, yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And convinced of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, 
so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. I trust you caught the difference between the two. Hamlet struggled to determine which would be worse. Paul struggled to determine which would be better. I think you'll agree that his perspective is a whole lot better. To live for Paul was Christ. Christ was the focus of his life. Christ gave meaning to his life. Everything he did was done with a view to bring glory to Christ. That made life good. That gave it purpose. Sure, he had the same problems that Hamlet had. Paul had his heartaches and burdens. He was the victim of injustice and the law's delay. He'd been a prisoner for four years awaiting a verdict when he wrote those words. He knew the whips and scorns of time Literally. But he wasn't grunting and sweating under a weary life. His life was going somewhere. He was accomplishing something. Sure, it was hard, but it was worth it. Every day meant fruitful labor for him. Life was not in vain. He was serving the Son of God. He was making a difference for eternity in the lives of others. Life was good, but so was death. To die for Paul was gain. Things would get even better for Paul in death. To die was to depart this life for a better one. It was to strike his tent and move even closer to Jesus. He wasn't going to some undiscovered country from whose boundaries no one had ever returned. He was going to be with his Savior, the one who had died and rose again. The one who had been there and back. The one who was even now preparing for him a place. As he said in 2 Corinthians 5, 1, For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. To die is gain for the Christian. Which do we want? To live or to die? Which would we choose? Let's read Paul's words again. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. For 
I do not know which to choose. But I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And convinced of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Paul didn't know which one to choose. He was hard-pressed from both directions. Life was good. But to depart and be with Christ was very much better. He used a triple comparative here. Very much better. To actually see Christ face-to-face would be very much better than anything this life had to offer. But yet, remaining here was more necessary, double comparative, for their sake. Paul still had work to do. They still needed him. Now, There's no indication that Paul had a divine revelation concerning his future at this point. Apparently, God didn't tell Paul that he still had work for him to do, but Paul felt it. And that conviction convinced him he would be staying a while longer. Augustine said, man is immortal until his work is done. I think there's an element of truth in that. If God has something for you to do on earth, He's not going to call you home until it's done. But we usually don't know when our work is done. So we better not count on tomorrow, nor can we take matters into our own hands and say that now is the time to go. Paul wasn't contemplating suicide here. Hamlet was, but Paul wasn't. Paul was simply preparing himself for whatever might happen. Life was good. And he knew death would be better. But as long as God had work for him to do, he was content to stay And do it. And he was looking forward to sharing in their progress and joy like a grandpa. Looking forward to seeing his grandkids and his great grandkids grow up. He also wanted their expectation of his being with them to be fulfilled and Apparently it was. Evidence indicates that Paul was released from prison and went on a fourth missionary journey to Spain. And that he revisited many of the churches before being once again arrested and imprisoned. And it was during that second imprisonment that Paul's conviction concerning the future changed. In his last letter, 
he wrote to Timothy, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Life was good for Paul, because life was Christ. It was living in fellowship with and in service to the Son of God. Death would even be very much better because he would then be in the very presence of his loving Lord. So when the time came to depart, he was ready to go. To live was Christ. To die was gain. The difference between him and Hamlet was Christ. Hamlet didn't know him. Paul did. So what about you this morning? Do your reflections on life and death sound more like Hamlet's or Paul's? I hope and pray that you can say, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And you can say that. You can say that. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you continually turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face.